Welcome to Spartan Up Podcast. You know, we've all been in situations where we're knocking heads with somebody. Nobody's moving an inch. We can't get anywhere. And it, it's frustrating. Me, never. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Joe, I've seen you negotiate. Water no. in a river. Well, yeah, but, but the idea is there, there, there are ways and there are techniques. We're going to talk to a guy who's going to teach us how to negotiate anything. In fact, that's the name of his podcast. And um, it's about how to get to where you want to get to for both parties. He's not unlike all kinds of people we interview. No, absolutely. And I've been watching this Spartan Up podcast now for weeks. And what I love about this podcast is that we get weekly interviews with high achievers who are in alignment with the Spartan mind. So that's kind of what we do here. And we peel out what makes them successful and really kind of apply it so that it's easy for you to understand and take home with you. Normally, um, Colonel Nye does it, but Dr. Ella is sitting in for, for Colonel Nye. We'll explain who she is in a second. We got Dr. Johnny, who's not a real doctor. Not a doctor. We got Joe, and then we got <laughs> Sephra, the seed huntress. Oh. And um, I finally nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. um, Five years. But we are going to be back after you watch this interview, because then we're going to give you some of our little sprinkly uh, Spartan dust that'll teach you how to apply it to your own life. And the good thing is, so we're on on Tuesdays, and now Dr. L is our Wednesday brilliance. And then, um, yeah, she got your mind right. Yeah. And then uh, we can take action now with... Our great friend, Zach Evanesh. Are you a little jealous that Dr. L got her own day and you didn't? No, I honor you. I honor you. I celebrate it. It's not often we have another female on the panel. Well, so yeah, blessings. we can talk about some seeds for the mind, right? Oh, oh planting like a good. <laughs> This episode of Spartan Up is brought to you by FitAid. Recovery for your active lifestyle. Each ice-cold can of FitAid contains key ingredients like BCAAs, glutamine, turmeric, omega-3s, and more. Race dirty, recover clean with FitAid. Visit ForTheFitAid.com and sign up to win an amazing grand prize package from FitAid and Spartan. Monthly Spartan prize packs and more. FitAid, recovery for your active lifestyle. Spartan up, Kwame Christian in the car, West Point. Now you got to clap and hold the light. How are you going to do that? Nice. <laughs> we good? That's good. Yeah. All right. Spartan up. First time ever we are doing a podcast from a car. Colonel Nye is driving. Marion, the producer, is sitting backwards. Don't tell the state troopers. <laughs> and we got her son who's not getting paid in the back. So we're breaking every law possible right now. Kwame is a lawyer. As we break all the laws. Do not hold it against him. And um, he does something really interesting that I think could help all of us. He helps people negotiate through ego, through tough times, right? Through through the um, pig-headedness we all get. Absolutely. Right? I've been there. We've all been there. Oh, yeah. So it's a funny story. So I, um, my undergrad's in psychology. Okay. Always loved learning about how humans operate, how the mind works. Um, but then I got swept up in politics, decided, hey, I want to be a lawyer. Let me, let me figure out a way for, to get from where I am to politics, and lawyer made sense. As I started to learn more about it, I realized that politics was not for me, not at all. Right. I want to have a good life. So really, my desire to help people um, overcome their fears in negotiation and um, conflict in difficult conversations comes from my love of psychology. I wanted to be a clinical psychologist, and this is the way I'm, I'm hacking that um, as a lawyer. And would you say you help people like negotiate to get more, or you help people negotiate to, um, 
to kind of get rid of the baggage so you know get over it already move past this or is it a little bit of both it's a little bit of both because here's the thing a lot of times I feel as though when it comes to negotiation literature we've been giving recipes to people who are afraid to get in the kitchen so it doesn't matter if we give them a laundry list of what to do if they're too afraid to do it and so that's where I rely on the psychology background to help them overcome those fears first and figuring out what um, self-limiting beliefs are in their way um, from engaging uh, putting that's making it difficult for them to engage wholeheartedly in these conversations then giving them the tools once we've built a solid foundation here's a crazy question for you I, I was with a lawyer recently who said um, there actually are conferences and clinics where they take a bunch of lawyers and teach them how to bill more like divorce lawyers or whatever and it sounds terrible right it sounds um, unethical in, in, in so many ways And but I guess that really happens and so um so a lot of times I know I'll be in a negotiation and you're talking to the other side, the business person, mm-hmm. you're the other side of the deal, and everything's going great. And then the lawyers get involved and it turns out to be a disaster, right? Because your lawyer comes back and starts winding you up and his lawyer, her lawyer goes back and starts winding them up and then and then you're like two rams smashing into each other mm-hmm. yeah and the thing is we with lawyers a lot of times we we have some perverse incentives especially if we're billing by the hour if things are going well um that's that's not a good thing <laughs> you know the one of the sayings i had when i was actually practicing a lot was mo problems mo money <laughs> because we make money off of other people's problems but i like to teach people how to handle these things themselves because if you can do it yourself then you can avoid a lot of the the conflict that comes in just by the adversarial nature of the practice of law. Give us, give the people out there listening, right, and sitting in whatever seat they're in trying to figure out how, I mean, it could be a relationship issue, right? Um, Or a business issue or whatever issue. Like, what are some tips and tricks to help people get past ourselves, I guess. We're, we are our own blockers. Absolutely. I think one of the first things that we need to do is recognize what a negotiation is. I think um, if you don't know a negotiation is happening, you don't know when to use these skills effectively. So my definition for a negotiation is anytime you're in a conversation and somebody in the conversation wants something. And it's a broad definition and it shows that we're negotiating all the time. And non- like non-stop. Our, our, non-stop. Exactly. I mean, the producer is just always wanting something. <laughs> always. She doesn't stop. <laughs> Turn this light on. Get in the camera. No, but but uh, but it's funny, but it's really not because from the time you wake up till the time you go to bed, you're in a negotiation. Exactly. I'm trying to negotiate to get my kids to brush their teeth. Every then that, work out. That's the hardest. Eat healthy. Yeah. Right. Every morning, I have a two-year-old, and that's the hardest negotiation of the day. I'm right. like, Kai, we do the same thing every day. Why is it so hard every time? But you know, once you recognize, oh, this is a negotiation, then you can engage in a better way. And the goal of negotiation isn't only to get what you want, but it's also to strengthen relationships and you can use those same tools to strengthen the relationships with people around you. So give us give us an example. You're you're at a, you're at a, uh, an impasse. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, you've got you're in a business uh, uh, negotiation. You're at a complete impasse, and now you're getting to the point where you think you might walk away. So I think the first thing we need to do is we need to get curious. A lot of times when when we're in these difficult conversations, it it becomes kind of like a game of verbal ping pong. I make a point, you make a counterpoint, bang, 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 bang. But what's happening is there's no listening happening. We're just trying to get our point across and force it upon the other side. And so if we're able to take a step back and get curious, not only about what is going to get the deal done, but emotionally what's in their way and what's in our way, then we can start to make some strides. And people are... uh, uh, we, we like to feel like we're in control. And 
if you are talking all the time, you feel like you're in control. But it's really the person who's asking the questions that's controlling the conversation. And so... Hang you, on one second, because I see the producer bouncing around with the camera. Okay. Are you, are you um, okay? That road was blocked. Yeah. So we had to go four-wheeling, and now we're late. And so I'm just going to try to get us out of here in a rapid manner. <laughs> Can we keep these outtakes? This is this is awesome. So you gotta listen. I mean, you hear that all the time, mm-hmm. um, but it's hard to do. Very hard to do, right? And so you really—I mean, these are sayings that have been around hundreds of years. Like you don't really know a person until you've walked out. How many miles in a in in their shoes? Uh, a friend of mine likes to say, "You don't know somebody until you've eaten a barrel of salt with them." Right? But you you really gotta you gotta listen. I guess just ask the other side and say, look, what is the issue on your side? Lay it out. And then, and then what you're saying is if you hear that, you might actually have some compassion for that situation and say, oh, okay, this isn't just about them getting more. Yeah. This is about them solving their own problem. Exactly. And in, in, the, in my TED Talk, I introduced a concept called compassionate curiosity. Okay. And it's really a mantra that we can keep in mind in the middle of these difficult conversations. We need to have compassion and we need to ask questions. And I think the, the, the part that talks about compassion really helps us to moderate our tone. Because we can ask a question like a prosecutor on cross-examination um, that might be curious, but it might not be very compassionate. And so by putting those two terms together, compassionate curiosity, it helps them to feel more comfortable sharing information and then we can engage in joint problem solving and work throughout the problem yeah the best people I've ever negotiated with um, are do exactly that they're just they're not they don't put their feathers up and come at you they, they, um, they really try to understand what what the challenges are on our side and then and then what it does it disarms you mm-hmm. and it's like you know what uh, I want to make this work Exactly. So, so you need at least one side doing that. Right. And right. remember what I said earlier. It's, uh, it's not only about getting what you want, but building relationships. Because there's value there. Even if you don't get what you want substantively, because uh, sometimes it just doesn't work out, you can always build more relationship equity. And it puts you in a better position to get what you want ultimately. Yeah, and who knows what comes in the future. Exactly. Right? Stuff, stuff always comes around like a boomerang. So um, let's practice one. Absolutely. Let's practice a negotiation. So... Um, what would be a good example? Um, well, this is Spartan Races. How about we're trying to go to a new venue and uh, the people are being kind of stubborn on some points? Uh, we, that happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine. I would imagine. We're at 275 events in 41 countries, and uh, I can't say there's any venue that is uh, without difficulty. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I recently was told by our legal department, hey, we've got this venue. And we've got this issue and we should just pull the plug. And I said, well, after we're done with this phone call, call me directly. I'd like to hear what the issue is. And they told me the issue and I thought to myself, you know, you can't really blame them for asking for this. I understand that we never give in on this point anywhere, but like, I I would ask for that too. Yeah. Right? And so I said, so what are the real risks to us if we gave on that? And we went through it and I said, you know what, I think we should just give on it. And and part of that process that I just described is your ego. Yeah. Ego is the tough one here, right? Mm-hmm. Because your ego doesn't want you to give in because then you feel like you lost. Right. Exactly. But, but really, it, I, I think what was um, really uh, eye-opening for me was this idea that, wait a minute, losing 
would be not getting the deal done. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You have to have a long-term perspective when you have these conversations because it's so easy to have a myopic focus on winning, whatever winning happens to be in this particular moment. Um, but once you have that long-term perspective, it helps you to focus on the relationship and your ultimate goal. Yeah. And once you have that perspective, you can kind of relax a little bit and it makes you a little bit more flexible and more willing to be creative. We got to have you come up and um, teach some of our execs how to, um, how to take this approach. You I know? would love that. The problem with, with the name Spartan is, you know, Leonidas would say, take from them everything and give them nothing. <laughs> right. That was the policy. Yeah. So, yep. so um, yeah. Why don't we take a break? And if you're okay with it, why don't we run alongside the car? Oh, that'd be cool. Right. Yeah, let's do it. That'd and then, be awesome. And then we'll jump back in the car and finish up. Cool. Sounds good. We'll be right back to this interview in a minute. Uh, Tim, we're at Fenway. Pretty important spot to you. Yeah, I'll tell you, this is a boyhood dream to be here. This is uh, my first sports heroes. Grew up right here. I was watching Red Sox in 67. And they were sports heroes before we had Fit Aid. Before we had, Imagine what they could have done if they had that <laughs> oh, available to them. That green monster would be nothing. They would have tamed that in a heartbeat. That's easy. I mean, I'll tell you what. After... Um, they would have recovered so much quicker, right? Well, and you know, we got the Spartan race here uh, th- this weekend. While we're recording this, um, Spartan race is this weekend. And at the finish line, every single one of the athletes get handled in these fit aid. I mean, they taste great. They're almost, you know, very low calories, like yeah. 45 calories. Yep. They go right down. You can feel it kind of helping with the recovery. I got to tell you, the only problem with them, we had them in Tahoe at the World Championships. I'm, I'm going to admit, I had about 100 uh, of them. They're, <laughs> they're addictive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they, go, they go down quickly. This episode of Spartan Up is brought to you by FitAid, recovery for your active lifestyle. Each ice-cold can of FitAid contains key ingredients like BCAAs, glutamine, turmeric, omega-3s, and more. Race dirty, recover clean with FitAid. Visit ForTheFitAid.com and sign up to win an amazing grand prize package from FitAid and Spartan. Monthly Spartan prize packs and more. FitAid, recovery for your active lifestyle. First of all, you did not tell me that you represented Guyana in the Olympics. <laughs> I wish that would make mom proud. I couldn't keep up with you. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> all right, so so let's do a pre- let's do an actual negotiation. Let's do it. We we do this all the time on my podcast, negotiate anything. Okay. And I love it because it allows me to channel my inner unreasonable person and be the jerk that I tell people not to be, okay. and uh, we'll have the guests try and be reasonable and work through it. So I will be unreasonable. All right. And you try to work through me. Yeah. So, um, Joe, I just want to tell you, uh, I know you were asking for the price of $100,000 for this, um, but we just, we can't do that. The the cost for this venue is going to be 150 and we, we never move on that. So the problem is, um, at 150, we wouldn't be able to make the numbers work because, um, we already run on very thin margins. We've got to bring in 60 uh, full-time people, six tractor trailers. We've got um, a thousand volunteers. We've probably got to spend over a hundred thousand dollars marketing the event. And since this is a first-year event, uh, we would lose a substantial amount of money paying you one hundred fifty thousand dollars. So, I would appreciate it if you would reconsider. And um, I was actually going to ask you to come down to fifty thousand dollars because wow, yeah, because because um, even the original hundred uh, wasn't going to work. Wow. Um, that sounds like a you problem, Joe. 
um, because <laughs> really we we have this price 150 everybody that comes through here pays that exact same price um, I just don't see any reason for us to to move on that considering the history of this this location this is what we've always charged do you um, are you passionate about getting people healthy I guess so I mean people as in me I like to be healthy. Right. Um, no, I mean, if we're going to bring 8,000 people through, right, and maybe you would consider something where we could thank the generosity of your company um, because because you uh, bent and, and were willing to come down in price and make this happen, you helped transform 8,000 people. So so we can give you that benefit, mm. um, I, I think would go a long way in the community. I see where you're going with that, and, and I guess that does help that does help uh, I, I can see the non-monetary value of that um, and I would be willing to be a little bit flexible but 50 is just way that's, that's too much of a haircut there so you, so I, I'm going to need a little bit more there's going to be something so, else I need so um, so would you consider something where we did a multi-year deal and if, if I knew we were doing a multi-year deal maybe we would pay a little more than 50 because then we would make an investment uh, this year, knowing we could recoup it in future years. Okay. Now you're starting to speak my language. Because here's the thing. I um, I don't want to be the jerk, uh, but I, I work for a jerk. <laughs> you know, and they're all, they're all about the money. But that will help me sell it to them, knowing that I can have a longer-term commitment for this time period. So that that helps. Awesome. So uh, 55000 sound like a deal? <laughs> for the sake of time, yes. <laughs> but I liked it because you were, you were solving problems. And ultimately, this is what we're doing in negotiation. We, it's a brainstorming session to solve problems. You know, you know what I find is um, I used a few words in there. Would you consider? Yes. Right? And that's um, it kind of smooths things over. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Because the, the gap between deal and no deal is the amount of perceived risk that the other person sees and saying could or should it's a little bit more uh, you know it's not a true commitment but I can exactly I can at least start to imagine and really would you you think about this exactly and that's not much of a concession to make okay I will think about it but really what we want them to do is use the imagination their imagination and see what a future could look like with this deal in place and that's a major step and then and then another um, I don't know if you agree with this or not but but since you were at 150 and we really were talking about 100 because you said that, I thought I needed to come down to 50 just to like yes. kind of stretch the rubber band the other way a bit. Absolutely. And, and that's a technique called anchoring. Right. And so what you're doing is you're making the most aggressive ask that you can make that you can reasonably justify. Trump is really good at that. He's very good at that. Yeah. Very good. It's, it used the, uses the contrast principle. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I wanted 150. They wanted 50. You know, if... If I can maybe get to 100, it, it changes the reference point sure. of what I consider a win or not. Sure. Yeah. All right. So I passed the test. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So you get in a, you get in, um, you get into a little uh, friction with your spouse. Yeah. Right. And um, and they see it one way and you see it the other way and you and you start to stand your ground. What trick can you use to kind of like shake your head and say? What are you doing here? Yes. Right? Yeah. Here's the thing. 
when they're when we have the breakdown of communication, usually it comes down to three major areas. It comes down to pace, it comes down to direction, and framing. So framing is the storyline we give over the conversation. Pace is how fast or slow we're going, and direction is what is on the agenda. What are we talking about? And so um, typically, so when, give an example of pace. So it, with pace, if I get upset or I'm feeling fear and my adrenaline starts pumping, I start to go faster. Right. And when I uh, go and do these trainings and I, I try and push the people at intentionally making them upset, they start to go really, really fast. You start to lose control of the conversation and it just goes really poorly. Sure. So what you need to do is you need to slow down and you can go back to the frame in order to do that. It's like, honey, if, if this is a marriage situation, I'm not just calling you honey. Yeah. It's like, honey, the reason we're having this conversation is because I care about you. I care about the kids. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. So as things are starting to go really quickly, slow it down, slow it down by referring back to the frame. Like and then sometimes you talk about things that are irrelevant. She might say, well, 10 years ago you did blah, blah, blah. Hey, what's it's the like, answer to this? How do, you, how do you respond to the 10 years ago program? What you need to do is you need to sacrifice the past in order to win the future. Because a lot of times when people get upset, it's about something that happened in the past. So what would you say? Would you say, you know what, 10 years ago I was wrong. I exactly. You, like you can win the past. That's an easy win, by the way, right? Like, exactly. Yep. Because it doesn't hurt me. Hurt. Yeah, I care about the future. So right. it's like, you know what, you're, you're right. I was wrong then. But mm-hmm. what I want to talk to you about today is blah, blah, blah. And so we're changing the direction to something right. positive. So, so win, I mean, lose fast on all past issues. Exactly. Give, give on those. Exactly. They're in the past. It doesn't relevant. matter. Right. Rafiki said slow that. Slow things down when they start going too fast. And what, what were the other ones? Um, so slow things down. So that's yeah. pace. Yeah. Direction. Making sure you're talking about things that are relevant and important. And then framing. The so storyline. Let's, let's do direction. Relevant and important. Is that, mm-hmm. is that the example you just gave? with? Exactly. Right. So it's like, all right, in the past, that's not relevant. Right. What's important is what we're talking about right. at this very moment. So whether it's who's cooking dinner, where we're going to okay. see, like what movie we're going to see, whatever it is, that's what's important. So let's focus on that issue. Framing? Yep. Framing is the storyline we put over the conversation. So if that's when, we, when I talked about the reason I'm having this conversation is blah. And right. so that's an easy way to start the framing conversation. All right. All right. Um, I, we can only pay $50,000 for this venue because, and I listed all those things, I started to, exactly. to frame it. And I liked how you uh, put it on health. You started talking about, yeah. do you care about people's well, health? I tried to think of something yeah. that even a jerk would have to. I know, and that. it was brilliant. Because when you frame when you frame something, you want to frame it in a way where it's a, a yesable proposition, right. where you are so reasonable that it would make the other person seem ridiculous if they say no. <laughs> say no. Do you care about people's health? <laughs> I was trying to be <laughs> ridiculous. Got, that was know, a little bit too I much. Know. It was beautifully done. I got you on that one. <laughs> Um, yeah, I would love to have you come up to the company and, um, and teach everybody. Absolutely. That would be um, fun. How to, how to do this. All right. That was awesome. I think, I think if people took nothing else away but those three little tips and applied it to every part of it. By the way, life would be so much better. Like, we push people to get healthy and exercise and eat well. But, like, this is right up there with that. Absolutely. It's, right? it's mental health. It's emotional health. Yeah, because everybody's pissed off every single day about some negotiation somewhere in their life. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't get a parking spot. I, didn't, I mean, go down the list, right? <laughs> right. And um, it causes stress and tension, and that's not good for your health. Yeah, there's a great, um, there's a book I read, The Way of the Tao. I don't know if you read it. You got you to gotta, you gotta read it. And um, it's like the oldest writings in the world that's translated. And so I'm sure the translations aren't perfect. But there's a page that says, avoid lawsuits at all costs. 
right? for the sake of my friends, I should reject that. But it's 100 percent true. It's 100 percent true. Yeah, right? there's nothing good that comes out of it. No, unless you're a lawyer. Uh, you're the, a lawyer. the only win- the only guaranteed winner there are the two lawyers on either side. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Well, you're awesome. I'm gonna get you up to the company. Hey, my pleasure. And then um. Yeah, I don't know what to say to the audience other than drop the ego and um, try to be compassionate and stop, um, I don't know, figure, <laughs> figure it out, right? Exactly. Yeah. Just focus on Work relationships and you can make it happen. I guess, I will say that, if, if the long-term goal is to keep the relationship, then that reframes the whole conversation. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And it makes it a lot easier for you to use these techniques because it's not natural to slow down and be compassionate and ask questions. It's not natural, but it becomes easier once you can change your focus. If you're in the middle of a divorce and you've got kids and the long-term focus is the kids, that changes the whole conversation for both mm-hmm. sides. And it goes exactly back to what you were saying, ego. That's right. our biggest barrier. Yeah. All right. Well, you're awesome. Well, the bad news is I'm stuck with you in the car for the next half hour. The good news is I'm stuck with you in the car for the next exactly. half hour. Exactly. Exactly. Right. What do you guys think of him? Because um, what you don't know, what you didn't see in the interview is I wanted to test him. This guy's supposed to be like this super negotiator, never gets frazzled, right? He's going to teach me all these tips. So I purposely had him wait. We were at West Point and he was supposed to do the interview, let's say, with me at noon. So we had him wait till four in the afternoon. <laughs> I had him sitting outside. Then, then if that was enough, I said, you know what? We're going to do it in the car while we drive somewhere. That, was, and, um, that part was great. He didn't even break a sweat. Chauffeur Colonel Nye. Yeah, he, didn't, he didn't break a sweat. <laughs> Not yeah, only that, yeah. but he brought great energy. Like what Great a energy. guy, and you, you can tell that he is really good with people, right? Like he he, he gets that it isn't just. I love when he said it. Uh, the, that well, I think you both talked about the broader picture of winning. That negotiating isn't just winning every single point. I'll, I would ask you, but you're not a real doctor. Let's ask the real doctor. <laughs> oh, what, what, wow! What, what, <laughs> what is the, out of the way here? What is the stumbling block? <laughs> what is it that gets in our way where we get so dug in in our position that we don't see the big picture? Well, I loved what he said about the person who is actually asking the questions has the power, not the one who's talking. And I think that was brought back to ego in such a profound way that so often we just keep talking, right? Because our ego is driving and I want to take up space. I want to take up space. And I think that's where we get stuck is when we just want to take up all this space. And so if we kind of lean back and just listen and think about, okay, what might I ask next? Or what are they thinking? How are they feeling? That's where we really have the power. I love that yeah, for, for years, we've thought that um, uh, persuasion is, con- is convincing. To persuade yeah. you, I have to convince you. Yes. And you convince by talking, right? Yeah. As opposed to drawing out their real motivation, drawing yes. out what the problem is they're trying to solve. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah. And I think I think it's key, too, when you're engaging with someone to create space for that. I mean, he did that even brilliantly in the van when he was talking to you. Like, he he slowed down his pace even with you. It was fantastic. No, he was good. He's clearly a, a pro at this. I've, I've uh, over, you know, there's there's the oldest written uh, words in, in, in the world are from China. And uh, when it's translated, one of them says, uh, never, ever basically get into bat- like lawsuits or battles like that. And, um, but your ego gets yeah. in the way, right? Big and you, like you said, you want that space. And um, it's no different than negotiating anything. Yeah. Right. And so if you could somehow drop all that and say, you know what, the past doesn't matter, yeah. right? Past is irrelevant. And what matters is how do I come out of this thing um, ahead and without friction? Right. Sure. Right. right. 
Yeah, what do we want in the future? We get so bogged down in defending our the past. past. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What is uh, it? Lose the past to win the future. To win the future. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, also, the idea that um, you know, redefining what a negotiation is. Like we've always had a negotiation is two people fighting, battling to see who's going to come out on top, right? And what did he say? He said a good negotiation is a uh, brainstorming session for solutions. What a, what a great way to look at it mm-hmm. that, that, you know, you both want a solution to this. Obviously, there's somewhere at the end, there's somewhere you're both trying to I've get had, to. I've had great partners and then awful partners. And the great partners, when I listen to this and think about it, would, would really start to understand my position or our company's position and then work towards solving what we need. Yep. yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Within absolutely. their own guardrails. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Problem solving versus new problem creation. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and, and he talks about compassionate curiosity. Yes. Get curious, get really curious, but also get compassionate, get curious about what is it like? What, what, you know, I really want to figure out where, where your stumbling block is. Right. And, and with, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, Sefer, you haven't jumped in with any, um, you know, analogies. <laughs> you don't have anything with like two birch trees that get entangled or. <laughs> oh, Joe, you're so great. That's why, that's why he's the best. Well, while you think, while you think about it, the, the other thing that, um, that he talked about was looking at where the gap is. And the gap is the other person's um, comfort level. You know, how, 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 how what's their fear of, of, of losing something here? Mm-hmm. And when you talked about, um, would you at least consider, and he didn't say, will you commit? Will right. you consider? Right. And can you just imagine if? Right. And he said, it's not much of a commitment for somebody to consider. It's not much of a commitment for their imagine if. But now they're future pacing. They're creating a positive outcome that they can now start to anchor to. And then when you talk about it again, it's no longer this thing that they don't want. That's yeah, this thing that they at least were able to consider, sure. and it just breaks that down, that fear. Here's the, yeah. Oh, go for it, Dr. L. Well, I was just going to say, and the other thing about that that I love is I feel sometimes like with those questions, would you consider, it's almost like you're giving the power back. You know, like you're, you, again, your ego isn't attached to the answer. It's, I want you to have the answer. I want you to think about the solution, which, you know, removes the ego a little bit, which I think is great. For sure. I like that. I was good. You were you were good. You were good. As good as Colonel Nye driving uh, through the raceway down the path. But, oh my okay. God! Just I got to talk about Colonel Nye. That was funny. Uh, they, I've never seen him so intense. His jaw set. Move, move. <laughs> I'm not sure where you guys are driving. You're trying to get out of battle or something like that. Was quite the driving. We were, we were, we were back that. Yeah. yeah Wait, speaking like of it. battles, can I tell a short little parable that has to deal with negotiation? Sure. Let's. Okay. So. On the eve of, let's say, 1775, before the Constitution, right, before the Constitution was signed, you have some renegade, like, 30-year-old Benjamin Franklin. They're all in Philadelphia talking about, like, we're done with that. We're starting our own situation, right? This is a pretty epic tale. So the British are still like, yeah, right, you belong to us. We're fighting. So who did they need to speak with? Who did they need to have negotiations with? All of the Native American tribes on the frontier. The Americans were taking the position like, we want to make peace with you. We want to be the peacekeepers, but we don't want you involved in our family quarrel, as they said, which the chiefs really respected. The British, not understanding their oratory traditions, like giving wampum and repeating things after they said there's like there's like a lot of protocol that comes in negotiations that if you're not sensitive to it, it's very offensive to uh, that culture. Right. So then. The British kind of came at it from another way, like, oh, don't worry, we'd be fine without you, but like, we need you this way. And then the chiefs are like, well, if you're fine without us, then why would you need us? You know, so it's being very careful with your vernacular and your word. So basically, to sum up this story. TLDR. Wait, what does that mean? <laughs> Too long, didn't read. So you give a summary. <laughs> if you send a long email, you throw a TLDR on the end. <laughs> Anyways, the book's called Wampum Belt and Peace Trees, and there is an amazing 
um, they were called an Indian agent named George Morgan, given the task of making peace with the Native American tribes to have them be helpful on the side of the Americans as we went out into the frontier. And it talks about like the entire book is written about how the entire American Revolution and the fate of all of those tribes being on our side or not is all in negotiation and in conversation and in like oral discourse. I agree. I agree. I knew you'd find that was great. I love that. History 101. Sephra, a resident historian. Oh, yeah. And uh, speaking of books, uh, Kwame has a book coming out himself. And it is called, I love this, it is called, I'm going to paraphrase because I may not get it right, it is Why Won't People Play With Me? Finding Cooperation. Andrea. Nobody Will Play With Me. How to Find Confidence in Conflict. No one will play with me. How to find confidence in conflict? I like title. that a lot. Like it's that. a very cool title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go get the book. Go get the book. Come back on. Tuesdays. Go read Wampum Belts and Peace Trees. And negotiate with. I'm off the podcast. <laughs> this episode of Spartan Up is brought to you by Fit Aid Recovery for Your Active Lifestyle. Each ice cold can of Fit Aid contains key ingredients like BCAAs, glutamine, turmeric. Omega 3s and more. Race dirty, recover clean with FitAid. Visit forthefitaid.com and sign up to win an amazing grand prize package from FitAid and Spartan. Monthly Spartan prize packs and more. FitAid, recovery for your active lifestyle. Thanks for listening to another epic story of success. If you like our show, be sure to tell your friends about it. We want to hear from you. Just leave us a comment below if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening, go to Twitter and find us at SpartanUpPod or Instagram at SpartanUpPodcast. And let us know what you think. Then go subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to our show. Spartan Up is brought to you by Spartan Race. To find a race near you, visit Spartan.com. 